0: hey everybody i'm greg and i'm dave welcome to episode 19 um so thanks for watching don't forget to reach out to us at the greg and dave show at outlook.com the greg and the letter n as in november dave show at outlook.com um I've kind of been sitting on this for a few days. Uh, just uh, Dave had like a serious earache he had to take care of, so we were off last week. But I want to go ahead and get right into this, because I really think this is fascinating. Um, this has to do with like the Terminator and the Skynet and <laughs> AI's taking over the world and everything. So let me just read this article. This is from the Epic Times by Naveen Athrapoli, if I pronounce that wrong, sorry, March 31st. uh, Quote, if we go ahead on this, everyone will die, Uh, close quote, warns AI. So, uh, human beings are not ready for a powerful AI under present conditions or even in the foreseeable future, stated a foremost expert in the field, adding that the recent open letter calling for a six-month moratorium on developing advanced artificial intelligence is understanding the seriousness of the situation. Let's see, there's this guy, Eliezer Yudkowsky, is a decision theorist and leading AI researcher in a March 29 Time Magazine op-ed. He talks about uh, chat, GPT. Uh, Let's see, Uh, this title is, uh, this paragraph, AI does not care and will demand rights. So, Yudkowsky predicts that in the absence of meticulous preparations, the AI will have vastly different demands from humans, and once self-aware will, quote, not care for us, close quote, nor any other sentient life. Quote, that kind of caring is something that could, in principle, be imbued into an AI. We are not ready and do not currently know how, close quote. This is the reason why he's calling for the absolute shutdown. without a human repro- without excuse me <clears throat> without a human approach to life, the AI will simply consider all sentient beings to be quote made of atoms it can use for something else close quote and there is little humanity have you heard about this? No not that angle and there's little humanity that can do to stop it. So here's another quote. Visualize an entire alien civilization thinking at millions of times human speeds, initially confined to computers, in a world of creatures that are, from its perspective, very stupid and very slow. The AI will expand its influence outside the periphery of physical networks and could, quote, build artificial life forms, close quote. Using laboratories where proteins are produced using DNA strings. I mean, this is like I'm reading a script from a movie, dude. Just, this is a real deal. This is what's wicked about this. Yudkowsky blamed OpenAI and DeepMind, two companies, two of the world's foremost AI research labs, for not having any preparations or requisite protocols regarding the matter. Humans cannot fully monitor or detect self-aware AI systems. Now there's a lot more in here, but I'm just hitting the highlights. Let's see, another quote is that we will that we all live or die as one in this is not a policy but a fact of nature. Close quote. Yudkowski concludes by saying, quote We are not ready. We are not on track to be significantly readier in the foreseeable future. If we go ahead on this, everyone will die, including (laughs) children who did not choose this and did not do anything wrong. Shut it down. Close quote. I I, hadn't heard, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Uh, I
1: hadn't heard that that, um, vantage point of it, but the concern is there. Um, you know, Elon Musk is, mm-hmm. has been uh, trying to um, lead a campaign, uh, I guess, um, for almost 10 years for them to pump the brakes on AI. Um, and this is a guy, I mean, you, you know what his company is, but his neural network, I mean, he's very much plugged in. <coughs> To all things IT um, and technical but um, so you think this is a joke I, I won't say it's a joke um, I, I think his concern is legitimate
0: um, yeah. I think hubris <laughs> but wait there's more <laughs> <laughs> alright so I mean I thought this was fascinating and it does sound crazy
1: it does But But it's not far-fetched. I I hadn't
0: heard it. but So check this article out. It's a fact check. It says, Facebook didn't pull the plug on two chatbots because they created a language. This is from Miriam Falzia, USA Today, published July 28, 2021. The claim, Facebook discontinued two AI robots after they developed their own language. Again, I'm just pulling the highlights out of this article. Uh, Quote, Facebook recently shut down two of its AI robots named Alice and Bob after they started talking to each other in a language they made up. Close quote. Reads a graphic shared July 18th by the Facebook group Scary Stories and Urban Legends. Uh, The two AIs created their language to, quote, communicate faster and more efficiently. Close quote. (coughs) Excuse me. Some element... Some elements of this are true. Facebook did have two AI-powered chatbots named Alice and Bob. How long ago was this? That learned to communicate with each other in a more efficient way. This is July 28, 2021. Okay, that sounds, yeah, I, I, I thought it was Google, but I remember the incident. So what I want to get at is we started with this uh, Skynet <laughs> stuff, reality <laughs> stuff. And, and I know we want to kind of laugh it off. But I want you to think about where we've come with AI okay so right now I just said two AI's on their own came up with a way to communicate with one another at a faster and more efficient rate they were not programmed to do this they did this on their own all right um, let's see chatbots if you don't know what a chatbot is chatbots are computer programs that mimic human conversations through text Because chatbots aren't yet capable of more sophisticated functions, beyond, say, answering customer questions or ordering food, Facebook's Artificial Intelligence Research Group, otherwise known as FAIR, set out to see if these programs could be taught to negotiate. The result, Alice and Bob. Using a game where the two chatbots, as well as human players, bartered virtual items such as books, hats, and balls, Alice and Bob demonstrated they could make deals with varying degrees of success, the new scientist reported. The posts claim that the bots spoke to each other in a made-up language checks out. Uh, Researchers realized they hadn't incentivized the bots to stick to rules of English. So, what resulted was seemingly nonsensical dialogue. Quote, agents will drift off understandable language and invent code words for themselves, close quote, says Dhruv Batra, a visiting researcher at FAIR, as he told Fast Company in 2017. In July 2017, Facebook post, Batra said this behavior wasn't alarming but rather quote a well established subfield of ai with publications dating back decades so the fact that the ais in their own accord came up with a f- more efficient and faster way to communicate uh, i think i find that fascinating if they weren't programmed to do it they just figured out how to do
1: it yeah and if i remember correctly the they did it discreetly uh, for a while before it got found out by the engineers I remember this incident I sure do I thought it was Google not Facebook but yeah I I definitely remember the incident
0: Uh, quote simply put agents environments attempting to solve a task will often find intuitive ways to maximize a reward close quote says Batra Uh, he wrote that in July 2017 on a Facebook post Uh, Let's see, Uh, during the process, the bots formed a derived shorthand that allowed them to communicate faster. This is a common phenomenon observed among AIs. But this happened in 2017, not recently, and Facebook didn't shut the bots down. The researchers simply directed them to prioritize correct English usage. So the the things I want to highlight about this are... They did communicate uh, with each other on their own and of their own accord. And that the researchers say this is a common phenomenon observed among AIs. Uh, so and they, it says here they learned to communicate. So they're already, a, they have a capability of learning. So hopefully reading this kind of makes this other article more possible. But wait, there's even more. All right, how many of you, probably going to have to look this up or research this, um, Isaac Asimov, you remember this author? Brilliant, brilliant uh, sci-fi author. Okay, that's familiar. After 75 years, Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics need updating. Does anybody remember those three laws of robotics? Okay, so you don't know this guy, let me tell you. The movie I, I Robot, with Will Smith, was based on his book. Okay, March 2017, this is from uh, uh, something called The Conversation by Mark Robert Anderson. He was a professor in computing and information systems. All right, when science fiction author Isaac Asimov in 1942 devised his three laws of robotics he was see, I'm talking about it. this guy's brilliant 1942 <laughs> he's coming yeah. up with his stuff uh, three laws of robotics he was thinking about androids he envisioned a world where these human-like robots would act like servants and would need a set of programming rules to prevent them from causing harm brilliant right i mean not not just to come up with the android ID idea in 1942 But to to, to go so far as, well, they need some kind of base programming, right? The highly evolved field of robotics is producing a huge range of devices from autonomous vacuum cleaners to military drones to entire factory production lines. At the same time, artificial intelligence and machine learning are increasingly behind much of the software that affects us on a daily basis. Whether we're searching the internet or being allocated government services, These developments are rapidly leading to a time when robots of all kinds will become prevalent in almost all aspects of society, and human-robot interactions will rise significantly. Asimov's laws are still mentioned as a template for guiding our development of robots. The South Korean government even proposed a Robot Ethics Charter in 2007 reflecting the laws there's a link to that in this article. So, what are the three laws? Number one, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Number two, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first and second laws. Brilliant, right? I think it's brilliant. Especially for 1942. <laughs> <clears throat> um, robots designed for military combat environments. These devices are being designed for spying, bomb disposal, or load carrying purposes. The ultimate military goal would be to create armed robots that could be deployed on the battlefield. In this situation, the first law, not harming humans, becomes hugely problematic. Uh-huh. Ah. So yeah, we want robots to go to battle and kill, yeah, but that conflicts with the first law. Mm, so we got to tamper with that. The law's ambiguity has led authors, including Asimov, to explore how they could be misinterpreted or incorrectly applied. For example, robots made from DNA and proteins could be used in surgery to correct gene disorders. In theory, these devices should really follow Asimov's laws, but for them to follow orders via DNA signals, they would essentially have to become an integral part of the human they were working on. This integration would then make it difficult to determine whether the robot was independent enough to fall under the laws or operate outside them. And on a practical level, it would be impossible for it to determine whether any orders it received would cause harm to the human if carried out. There is also the question of what counts as harming a human being. This could be an issue when considering the development of robot babies in Japan. For example, if a human were to to adopt one of these robots, it might arguably cause emotional or psychological harm, but this harm may not have come about from the direct actions of the robot or become apparent until many years after the human-robot interaction has ended. This problem could even apply to much simpler AI, such as the use of machine learning to create music that elicits emotions. The other big issue with the law is that we would need a significant advancement in AI for robots to actually be able to follow them. The goal of AI research is sometimes described as developing machines that can think and act rationally like a human. So far, emulated human behavior has not been a well searched has not been well researched in the field of AI and the development of rational behavior has focused on limited well-defined areas. With this in mind, a robot could only operate within a very limited sphere and, rationally applica- and rational application of the laws would be highly restricted. Even that might not be possible with current technology as a system that would re- reason and make decisions based on the laws would need considerable computational power. Given all these issues, Asimov's laws offer little more than founding principles for someone wanting to create a robot code, a robotic code today. We need to follow them with a much more comprehensive set of laws. That said, without significant developments in AI, implementing such laws remain an impossible task. So, you can dig pretty deep into this uh, into this possibility but this got me thinking i mean this really got me thinking we're talking about uh how to to achieve immortality all right now now i know we're christians but just for a moment we're just just for informational sakes we're just gonna you know not include god in this right now we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna weigh that out let's just think about it straight scientifically what is available right now? Um, uh, you remember, well, it says we're creating God's image. I remember this line um, in the movie, uh, Jurassic Park technology. We could, but we never asked the question if we should. Mm-hmm. And this was about Camel coming up with dinosaurs and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Jeff Goldblum character played. But here's an idea. here's how you can here's how humans can live forever outside of eternity. There's some kind of a collection device, all right, whatever you want to call it. It's been called VHS, it's been called a CD, It's been called a DVD, whatever you want to call it. But it collects data. let's say it's inserted into uh, a child at birth. And so as you grow up and live your life, it's recording everything you experience. What you see, what you feel, and everything you are. All your experiences to, that make who you are. All right. So it now comes the Android body. What if we took that data from you and put it into an Android body? Now, technically, it's not you but you see how it is an extension of you? <laughs> huh?
1: You it, ever heard of something called Singularity?
0: Yeah. yeah. So,
1: they, um, Ray Kurzweil, they refer to him as the father of Singularity. And his expressed objective is to merge humanity and technology into one Mm. single being Um, nanotechnology um, connection with uh, internet data networks uh, within each entity or each body uh, of course so that you can have a better quality of life you know they always have the noble um, advertising uh no longer have diseases if you have diseases then the nanites and he's very vocal about this and um this is what Elon Musk does with his neural network with his connects his brain to his neural network as uh, his brain training to expand the his brain function and so forth so yeah this stuff is not far-fetched but you're right the ultimate goal is to live forever um to go beyond the limitations of the bodies that we we occupy. A Google, I was reading an article about two weeks, maybe three weeks ago, where a Google engineer said that they'll achieve immortality in eight years. I think I said yeah. that to you. I right? think, well, you yeah. talked about it before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they said eight years. Yeah, I mean, whether eight years or 16 years, I don't think the time should be the concern. I think they will achieve this this goal. Uh, That's my my personal opinion.
0: Now, whether it's through nanite technology or some kind of recording device that ends up kind of being who you are because of all your experiences, and you take that and you transfer it into an android body, then that opens a whole another realm. How you know many
1: movies they have with that?
0: Oh yeah 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 yeah. I know. <laughs> But they're all starting to come about because think about that for one. Let's say, well, you know, my Android body's going to wear out and I'm going to want a new one. But then the, the data collection thing is going to be old. But see, we do that now. You take a VHS tape and you can get it upgraded or converted into digital and it makes it all look nice. So, so this data that you're collecting can constantly be upgraded uh, as an Android body might be upgraded. Then you have to ask, well, what kind of what types of bodies what types of Android bodies would you want? Well, uh, you're, you're you're a navy diver. So 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 the Android body you want is one that can take uh, thousands of pounds of pressure per square inch when it's underwater, right? Because you drop it down there and it's just going to get squished. So then, well, do you get to keep that body, or is, isn't that body a little bit unfair to another body who's not? You know what I'm saying? There's so many things. What about no more food? What about no more water? What about no more appliances? No more clothes? You don't need a bathroom.
1: Breathe new world.
0: Albert Huxley. Are you going to phase out animals? Crops? Sewers? Trash? Gone. Anyway, we're going to put that on there because that, that's just... Anyway, that's the beginning of stuff we never thought would come to be. And... Yeah. Well. And now it's starting to come to be.
1: Mm-hmm. And some you know,
0: people believe
1: this. And I, I, when I say some, I mean the people that come up with these ideas. Oh, book recommendation. C.S. <laughs> Lewis. Is uh, that. No. That Hideous Strength. That Hideous Strength. Yeah. It is. Uh ahead of its time by yes, generations and times.
0: yeah it, uh but also is isaac asimov he was he yeah. was also one of those authors
1: that hideous is and uh yeah it that is direct the, the book recommendation for this week
0: so we started with you know this guy saying that if we do ai if it goes on without any kind of special programming we talked about three laws we talked about how humans have to give it some kind of code because you know like you take facebook and google you know they have their algorithms and they have their you remember how they would censor people or shadow people that's all based on ai yeah I mean, that is the in my mind
1: that right there is the greatest danger with this level of advanced technology. The fact that it's connected to the internet of things. There's no way it can't go at that point. I mean, if it's a standalone, you know, system, completely blocked off uh, from the external internet, um, that's fine. That That's one thing. There's only so much it can do. But when you plug this thing in, to everything, there is nothing it can't control, manipulate you know or, or get it get its hands into. Hands
0: I know it sounds into. so crazy <laughs> sci-fi, but we read to you articles about AIs from the Bob and whatever that Alice and Bob or whatever. so the, the fact has already been established that AIs can communicate of, of, of their own accord. So that that's already been established, and that the fact that it was a subvariant of its actual programming, and the fact that these guys say, "Well, that's just common," I mean, what else is there that they don't know that is common with AI? So it's all. There. To be I, I think the technocracy knows these but things. Who's gonna program it? Because we saw on Facebook when 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 the liberals were in charge of it, it was the conservatives. Mm you know, that were shadow banned, that, that were blacklisted. So the same concern, like you're saying about it being dangerous, who is going to be in charge of the, Who is going to program the AI? And think how, like you're saying, how dangerous it could be and how much it can wreak havoc. And the AI on its own can post, uh, it can find photos on you. It can manipulate photos. It can, well, you saw uh, Eagle Eye, right? So it's kind of crazy that all these sci-fi movies are like, we're kind of getting on the edge of that. So anyway. Yeah, and the the thing with this
1: whole AI and technology, um, what would I call it, Um, landscape, is these, what seem to be far-fetched, like what we just read, uh, it's not that far-fetched if you think about it, right? You have your cell phone, which is an extension of you, for the most part. Uh, and then you have these accessory devices. You have Bluetooth headsets. You have yeah um, smart glasses. You have smart watches. Uh, even in your home, yeah, you have Alexa devices. Yeah. Lock and unlock your doors, turn your lights on yeah. and off, turn your alarm system. So just consider the possibility of everything that is based or runs on the internet is fair game. But for. social media, isn't that an extension of yourself? I mean... In a virtual... Re- in, yeah, virtually, yeah. I would guess, you know. But this is the thing, right? Now, these things do have value. They do enhance you know your your productivity and and make certain things easier there's no two ways about it, but there is a downside to these to these technologies and it it really is going to come down to for the individual of course you know if the um, the juices with the squeeze. <laughs> as you say um but yeah it and there are drawbacks to these things uh, i mean we spoke um on a previous episode about these home security cameras mm-hmm. that are being hacked and accessed by bad actors so and that's just someone that knows their way around the keyboard right when you're looking at uh an intelligence and it is an intelligence that operates inside of what makes those devices run i mean we're a prime candidate for a complete takeover of, of technology but human hubris would not allow it and this is biblical because
0: when it will not allow it
1: yeah hubris will would not make man stop and say, no, let's pump the brakes on this. Oh, they yeah. will go as far as their
0: imagination will take them. Anything, and this is straight yeah. out of the book. No, I <laughs> get that. And I think yeah. that like the smart people who have a moral compass, they're saying, let's put a pause on this. But liberals who see this as a means of, w- of a means to control and, and Utopia, those, don't yeah. lo- those that they don't like, they're not going to stop. Yeah. They're full steam ahead with this. So, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Let us know what you think uh, at the Greg and Dave show at Outlook.com. The Greg and, letter N, Dave show at Outlook.com. And thank you for joining us for this weird AI (laughs) talk.